Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 514. We're going to go through a transitional period somewhat similar to the way that we saw desktop computing and smartphones. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost jumpstarter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Peter York. Peter Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I am strapped in and ready to go. All right, great. Peter York is the CEO and co-founder of Avoyomotive, where he and his team are developing an advanced IoT system for automobiles and trucks. Peter's professional experience includes working as a scientist, a venture capitalist, and an entrepreneur. He has both domestic and international experience and has started companies and operations in the United States, Europe, and the Middle East. A native of California, Peter currently resides in San Francisco, California. Peter, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Mark, I'd be happy to, but first let me thank you for having me on Cars Yeah. You're welcome. Talking about my latest venture, Voyomotive. I'm very excited to learn more about this. Excellent. So I would say that the most important thing about me and having my interest in cars was the fact that I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. And as a someone raised in Southern California yourself, you understand how much cars and the expression of freedom was really raised around the you know the driving experience. Oh we, yes, particularly when there wasn't traffic and gridlock everywhere. But you could <laughs> yeah, get on and it was like. The road was open. Yeah. So I've always had an interest in science and technology. And in another life, I was a molecular biologist. Oh, wow. And I went on to a career in medical venture capital. And from there, I went into doing a series of startups, mostly medical related. Um, medical device in particular was my specialty. Mm-hmm. Now, my pilgrimage into automotive started about five years ago when I had a conversation with a researcher on the Caltech campus who, interestingly enough, it just sold a company in the biotech instrumentation space. And we were having a conversation around thermodynamics and heat loss of the internal combustion engine. Hmm. Uh, and the uh, concept that he had was that there were a number of different ways of controlling a, an internal combustion engine for fuel savings. 
and specifically using the OBD2 port to create a controller that would be, uh, you know, allow you, a uh, driver, to control an engine in a new and uh, unprecedented way. Oh, wow. So out of that, a company was started called Voyomotive. We have developed a both a fleet as well as a consumer system. Uh, the consumer system is called Voyo, and that will actually launch later this month. We're shipping our first 1,000 units, so it's a very exciting time for wow, us. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. It's a very exciting time for us. Yes. And I'd like to point out to your listeners that the system is, Voyo is plug and play, and it takes two minutes to set up. And you don't have to go to a mechanic or a technician. We just mail it to you, and in two minutes, you have a completely new connected car experience. Wow. In addition to locking and unlocking the doors, you can immobilize the vehicle and require that the cell phone be in the car in order to start the engine. Now, that's great if you have teenagers mm-hmm. and you don't want them basically using the car if they get a hold of your keys. Raise your hand, Mark, if you did that when you were... Well, you know, fortunately, I'll tell you, I didn't have to worry about my kids, but I had plenty of friends who had kids they did have to worry about. Exactly. And uh, we have a Waze-like feature that will, in fact, just take data directly from a car and crowdsource it and post it to a map for other drivers to see that requires no intervention from the driver. Oh, wow. Uh, So if you're swerving or you're using traction control or there are freezing conditions, all this information is gathered up uh, automatically by Voyo. It goes up to our cloud, and then it is basically posted for other drivers to see such that you're sharing hazardous road conditions. Oh, wow. This is so cool. But first, as we continue on this journey, I like to ask my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of thing that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Peter, take the wheel. Thank you. You know, I tend to kind of look through a lens of you know, my life, particularly over the last 20 years of, of startups. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, anyone who's actually done a startup knows that they face adversity at some time. Oh, gosh, yes. And the, uh, I think the book and the person I, who inspired me most, which is kind of an unusual choice because he was in the entertainment industry, was a gentleman by the name of Jerry Weintraub. Oh, yes. Right. And he wrote a book called When I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead, or otherwise <laughs> known as Useful Stories of a per- Persuasive Man. Yes. Um, you know, and he just would just was fearless in terms of going up against unbelievable odds, whether it be dealing with Colonel Tom Parker and trying to basically represent Elvis, <laughs> yes. killing the mafia when he had to get a New York stage production going. And he had a quote that has stuck with me, and um, it, it goes. I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's persist, push, hang on, keep going, never give up. Uh-huh. I've accomplished almost nothing on the first, second, or even third try. The breakthrough usually comes late when everyone else has left the field. Yes, I, you know I love that, and it's it's so appropriate for entrepreneurships and for somebody like you that's been through so many startups. I mean, you got to have a certain personality to uh, keep going back to startup companies because uh, it's just fraught with it with challenges and I'm going to be asking you about that in a second. Let's go even further back here and talk a little bit about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Now a lot of my guests became car guys when they were little. Maybe for you it was later but is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody has somewhat of an epiphany when they first get behind the wheel of a car. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's that sense of freedom. There's that sense of, you know, that the, the, the world is all of a sudden open to you in new ways. Mm-hmm. 
But particularly when you get behind the wheel of a car and you're alone. Yes. Right? At that moment. Now, in my case, that happened when I was four years old. Four? I was four years old. Oh, gosh. Not coincidentally is when I had my first car accident. Uh, yeah, I think so. But in my defense, the car was on a hill and rolling backwards at the time. Oh, my gosh. So I would say, but that was not the last time I took a car out before I had my driver's license to do so. But <laughs> none of them ended quite so catastrophically uh, is it's that particular incident. But, yeah, I was pretty much hooked from then. Okay. I have to ask, four years old in a car and you crashed. Uh, how did this happen? Well, it was basically uh, a long time ago when parents would not be arrested for leaving their children in a car. Yeah. And uh, I could barely stand up and see over the the steering wheel of the car. Like I said, the car is pointed uphill. Mm -hmm. And uh, somehow I got the car. You know, I, I knew that basically to make the car go, you had to shift it from park into something else. And I found neutral. Oh. Or just started rolling down the hill about a good 100 feet or so into the car that was parked behind it. Which is probably a good thing. There was actually a car there, and I didn't roll into a major intersection and cause oh. more mayhem than I did. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's the first year on cars. Yeah, I think the first one to, to have his first crash at four years old. So I'm glad you're still with us today. And not to be deterred. I keep wanted. To <laughs> yeah, you probably thought, woohoo, that was fun. Let's do that one again. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Well, I mentioned a few minutes ago about challenges and you've chosen a career path, many different career paths that can be fraught with challenges and failures. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners a huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this, of course, is how did you overcome it and what did it teach you so you could move forward? Well, I, again, it, this one ties into a startup, not necessarily a, a cars-related one. It actually ties into a, uh, a medical technology that I was developing with a, uh, a very famous doctor mm -hmm. who is actually an old college roommate of mine. Oh, wow. And we were working on this, on this project together. Still are, in fact. We're just about to go into human clinicals on it. But one day I got a phone call from him, and he asked if I was sitting down. And I said, no. <laughs> And I just said, come right out and say it. And he said, I have cancer, and it doesn't look good. Oh. And he uh, he was calling me from a PET scanner at the time, which uh -huh. he had access to, and he was being pumped full of antimatter uh, and just trying to figure out you know, what his chances were. Right. Oh like my literally gosh. calling me in, while this procedure is going on, and his prognosis was not good. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I kind of flew out there when he was basically – uh, about to do his initial procedures, and the doctor told him that basically he had a 30% chance of basically making it three years out. Oh, wow. Uh, which is, you know, one of these times you kind of stop and take stock of your life. Uh, uh, yeah. And think about what you want to do with your remaining time. And now we would call that a bucket list. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the things that was very, you know, I was most impressed by was that, you know, at the top of his list, you know, that he wanted to see that this medical invention saw the light of day and that it did not fail. Oh, wow. He was going to spend as much of his time in this world uh, making sure that that moved forward. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was a very noble sentiment, but it's also kind of taught me something about startups, you know, that, that mostly, you know, most days involve struggle. Most days involve sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Someone once told me every deal dies at least three times in its evolution. Mm. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons to do a startup. You can do it for fame. You can do it for fortune. But the experience reminded me that you really need a vocation for what you're doing. You really have to be passionate about it yeah. in order to go the distance. 
Wow. Well, what an awesome story. Thanks for sharing a really personal story. And it is a, a pure testament to what Cars Yeah is all about, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And your friend, talk about an inspiration. Most people would say, okay, I'm going to go do this for me, this for me, this for me, this for me with this remaining time, instead of having, as you so eloquently said, a more noble cause. And that was to help other people down the road. Wow, what a story. I got goosebumps from that one. Thank you for sharing that. That's just magnificent. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a career aha moment. I kind of suspect you've had a few of these, but I like to say it's a time when those headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new idea or this new direction that you had. And tell us the steps that turn your aha moment into your success. Yes. Um, well, I, I would say that the uh, the one that comes to mind was uh, when we developed this system called a Waze Alerts that we were, which is the Waze-like feature, which is kind of autonomous mm-hmm. in terms of reporting. And it, we came up with it. I was with one of my co-founder and our CTO. And uh, we were in Berlin and we were having lunch a couple of beers in and we were talking about the meeting that we had there. And all of a sudden it just came to us that with all the data uh, that we had and that we can collect off of cars that we could basically publish this and crowdsource it and make it available for our, all drivers to see. And it just, it just seemingly, you know, that data was available, that information was available to us, but the idea did not come to us until that, that very moment. And it just, you know, it reminds me that sometimes you have to kind of change up your environment mm-hmm. or the way you might otherwise kind of typically think about a problem or an opportunity to arrive, to arrive at a unique solution. Mm, yes. You know, sometimes you can do this just mentally by trying to clear your mind. Sometimes you just need to kind of change up the environment or the people that you talk to and that you can find uh, inspiration in other ways. Yeah, isn't it incredible that when you take the time to do that, get out, meet with people, talk with people, communicate, or just go somewhere different. Uh, it just puts you in a different mindset and in many ways can open up your mind to all sorts of things that before – by sitting in the same place, looking down at your keyboard, stuck at your desk, whatever it might be. Very nice. I like that. I would say, you know, on that, because you, you raise an interesting point to follow up on that, is that, you know, a lot of people say that startups and, and business and life require luck, being lucky. Mm. And, and, and that's true. And sometimes that is just pure serendipity. But I think what you just described is how you can create your own luck. Yes. If you put yourself into, you know, additional situations and greater exposure to type things, there's a, a more of a probability that good things will happen. Well, and that old saying about luck is it's really where preparation and opportunity collide into each other. Uh, rarely do you just get plain lucky. You know, exactly. it's, it's usually a lot of things that are behind that momentum that bring everything together. So Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Let's talk a little bit about proudest career moments. I would assume you've had many with the different companies you've built up and products you've developed. Is there one in particular that stands out for you? Let's see, of my proudest moments, you know, look, it, it, it's always nice to win and to basically be able to sell a company, not just for your personal returns or, you know, rewards that you may give, mm-hmm. but basically to reward the people who have believed in you and backed you, Yeah, uh, who have taken risk on your behalf. And a lot of times the people have taken, you know, their, their hard earned money and, you know, were not independently wealthy and just... But they basically, you know, believed in not just the opportunity, but they believed in the person. Right. 
it's nice to see that when you're, you know, your, your fellow employees are also able to. So that, you know, I've had a couple of wins that way. And it just, you know, has reminded me that, you know, winning is always better than losing. Yes. You learn something from losing, but I prefer to win. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's a nice way to go for sure. Very nice and well said as well. I just saw a thing about uh, Chobani, the yogurt company, where the owner took 10% of that business, which he was the sole owner and gave it back to his employees so that when he sells it down the road, they will have something for their hard work as well. So here's a great example of somebody that uh, did something very kind and nice to those folks that helped him be successful. Let's have a little fun here and go back and talk about your first, and I'll emphasize first, really special car. Maybe not that one you were trying to drive when you were four, but uh, maybe a little bit later. Is there a special memory that you could share with that first special car, and what was it? You know, it's, I, I would probably have to say uh, I'd just gotten out of graduate school, and it was uh, one of the first times I bought a brand new car. And it was an Alfa Romeo Spider. It was the 1991 uh, version that was designed by Pininfarina. Oh, yeah. Right? It was just such a classic, beautiful car. It wasn't terribly expensive, but it just had gorgeous lines. It was really well put together. Sure. I've always been a huge fan of convertibles. I had a Jensen Healy before that that was throwing oil. I was going to say, a, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> it had like a tractor engine, but you know, I was, you know, and this was just like all of a sudden going from driving a tractor to driving a fighter plane. Uh, yeah. You know, but it, so it was a real work of art. And, you know, I always had very fond memories of it because I never really took that car out just to do kind of average mundane things. Mm-hmm. I always took that car out because I knew I was going to have fun. Those are cool. They're kind of the the later version of the car made famous in the movie The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. Yes, exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure I was influenced by that and other things in the movie, <laughs> um, which we won't go into here. But, you know, I had that car for 15 years before I sold it, and I only had 30,000 miles on it. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time to keep a car. And I've known several people that had those that said they were really great cars. They were, they were a lot of fun, and I just have very happy memories of, you know, every time that I drove it. And when I... When I sold it, I took it. I live in San Francisco now, and I took it beneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, cool! And I took some some photos before I was just ready to hand it off. And I remember doing that last drive, and I wrote a letter, uh, which I called "The Last Voyage of the Alpha." <laughs> cool. And I sent it to everybody who had driven in that car with me that day. Oh, and fun! Saying about you know here was this last time, and I've always spared, you know had we had special occasions. Everyone and I didn't name people. I just said, but everyone who's getting this letter is driven with me and kind of experienced and now I'm about to hand the car off. And, and, and fortunately, I was able to find, you know, sell it to uh, someone who actually had a restoration business and ha- had one of these cars in his mm-hmm. earlier college days. And, you know, he, I found a good home for it. He restored it to pristine condition and shows it in car shows every now and then. And oh, so, wow. Well, how fun. Well, transition. pretty cool, the letter to your friends, uh, the fond farewell. But that kind of brings me to the next question, that's seller's remorse. Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Uh, of ones that I've owned, uh, probably not. You know, I would say probably the, the Alpha. The, the reality is... I, you know, I wanted to get a, another car that was perhaps a, a little bit more practical, and I picked that car up, and it was a Mercedes convertible, mm-hmm. and I realized that I had bought a silver car with a black convertible top, and now I had two. <laughs> and uh, so it was really, um, you know, one day I will probably, when I get a little bit further in life, I will grow nostalgic, and, you know, and maybe I will get another Alpha, yeah. relive my lost youth. 
<laughs> I like that. Cool. Well, let's talk about today moving forward. I'd like to get back and uh, educate our listeners a little bit more about what you're doing there. I find it really, really interesting. And uh, if you can maybe pick up where you left off with Voyo Motive and what's happening today, what's happening in the future. I know you're about to deliver your first thousand units, which is absolutely awesome. Congratulations. Wow, what a milestone. But uh, tell us more about what you're doing and what uh, our listeners who investigate your company will learn. Sure. Happy to. So... Our platform is based around a controller that is plugged into the OBD2 port of your car. And I'm sure most of your listeners are aware that is a data port of the car that is typically used for diagnostic procedures. Yeah, I think I'll I'll butt in here real quick. It's for those folks out there, when you go and have to get that mandatory smog check these days, that's where the guy plugs it in underneath your feet, usually down there, and reads your car's uh, emissions and things, or your technician plugs the car in to see why that light is on on your dash. Right, and that's and that is actually why uh, CARB mandated the creation of the OBD2 port was originally for emissions controls, and uh, the car companies eventually started using it as a full diagnostic port. Yep. Um, to basically do so, most of the data, if you know where to find it, is available over that port. And you know, our, our philosophy is that there are terabytes of data that is created on the car, but which is out of reach. Frankly, of you know every car owner, but also the partners, a lot of the partners that would basically like to provide services to car owners, and and honestly is not even used by by the car companies. Hmm. And um, our system is basically developed around a data logger, our CTO developed that was used by car companies when they needed to basically debug a problem. They would put this unit on the car and collect information off it to try and figure out. Uh, what was going on. And so we've taken this very, this capability of looking at everything the car is doing, everything that the driver is doing, and we built a suite of applications around that that increase safety, security, convenience, as well as fuel saving applications for the car. So with our system, for instance, we can, you plug it in and all of a sudden you can lock and unlock the doors of your car just by being in proximity of the car. It knows when you basically, it's called auto key. You walk up to the car, the doors automatically unlock. You walk away, the doors automatically lock. Now, some cars have that, but very often you have to buy a new car or you have to upgrade to the trim level. And this gives you options to kind of customize your driving experience in a way that, you know, almost in a way that Google Maps on your cell phone made you less reliant on the the mapping system in the head unit of your car. Ah, okay. So there are additional security. We talked about the fact that you can immobilize the car if your cell phone isn't in it. And you can do that just saying, you know, I only want my car to be immobilized from 10 at night to 6 in the morning when I typically wouldn't be driving my car. Ah, so it's a, a safe or a security device as well. So say you're traveling or you have to park your car outside. It can't start unless you're in there with your mobile device. That that is correct. Nice. That is correct. And even if somebody has the keys, now this is important. It's becoming increasingly important because, uh, and we're about to publish some information about this. That, that there is a there, there are three hacking methods out there that people can wirelessly get into your car. Mm, yeah. Um, just you know, some of them use brute force hacking methods. Sometimes they're scanning and they take your your wireless key fob and they pick up that signal and amplify it and just get into your car. Yeah. 
it's gotten so bad that in the UK or in London, you cannot get a Range Rover insured unless you have secured parking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this is, and you know, and, and I'll send you some links yeah. uh, on this that you could actually see people on CCTV about people being hacked into their cars and then driving off with them. Yeah. Less than a minute. And this is now happening daily in San Francisco and the car companies have no defense for this. Yeah. Scary stuff. Well, and the other aspect I've heard of some people being able to just stop a car as it drives by, you know, I mean, there's all these things happening with all this advancements with technology that we find beneficial, but those thieves out there have figured out how to work it to their advantage. The, the reality is you cannot, with a new car, you, you can't hotwire it like you can, in a, like you used to in the 70s police shows. Yeah. But they've left open other additional exploits. So we have a suite of security applications that will allow you to add these to your existing car in a way that right now the, the car companies have no defense. They, they, they have no solution to some of these hacking methods because they can't change the way that your locking and unlocking systems work. Interesting. Wow. And so we, we provide an aftermarket solution that, again, you plug this into your car and you have, you know, you significantly raise the bar in terms of what is otherwise a stealth attack. Yeah. Is there also a way to track your vehicle? So if someone does, say, drag it up onto a truck and drive off with it, that it's got some GPS uh, activity that you know where it went? We do. We have a, we, you can create a network of cars. It's called dashboard. So if you're a family or you're small fleet, you know where all your cars are at any one time. Perfect. And you know, are they being driven? Are there any alerts associated with the cars? Have there been any malfunctions associated with it? The use case you just described, however, will be the cellular version of our device. Right now, we connect to the cloud by making a Bluetooth connection to your cell phone and that goes to the cloud. I see. We do have a cellular version that's being field tested right now. Nice. And so you would know, it'd give you 24-7 monitoring from anywhere in the world. And one of the things that will also support is stolen vehicle recovery. So if your vehicle has been stolen, you will be able to immobilize it so the engine will not start the next time. Awesome. And you'll know exactly where the car is. Yeah. Wow. This is all so cool. And I'll make sure that on your show notes page at the Carsia website, we have links to your website so people can go. Learn more about this new device. Uh, it's very, very interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there right now that are saying, I need to check this out, especially if they live in a place where they've got to leave a car out or where there's a high theft problem, inner cities maybe, or even way out rural where your car may be left alone. So very cool. I appreciate you sharing all that. I love it. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Peter. If Peter was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Well, I'm, you know, this, this, I'll show a little bit of personal vanity here. <laughs> I'm not saying that other people would describe me this way. Uh, you know, I would have to say I would like to be, uh, you know, a Pantera. A Pantera. Oh, okay. Very unique car. My good friend and a regular listener, uh, Chris Kimball, who's actually a sponsor here on Cars Yeah, is a Pantera owner. So he's got his ears perked up right now, I'm sure. Right. And, you know, it was just, it was cars came out, you know, in an, you know, it was in the seventies, uh, and it was just it just had a timeless look. Yeah. You know, it still holds up today, and it had performance that will hold up in any age. Yeah. But really, I mean, the thing that that I admire most about it was it had European styling with American power underneath. Yes, yes, I like that. I I figured that's where you were going here. So Peter's got some European styling and flair, but he's got the American power know how. So. <laughs> Dare to dream. I'm not saying 
but that's okay. I just augmented that for you. So very cool. I love it. I think our friend Chris uh, Kimball at CK Financial would love that one as well. He loves Banteras. So Peter, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's car chair sponsor, including CK Financial. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. Okay, Peter, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? I am. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? So the the advice that I've been given is actually kind of uh, something that, you know, aggregate advice that is mostly related to safety. Mm Mm-hmm. And as we talked about before, starting at an early age, I've been in a number of spectacular car accidents in my life, including being rear-ended by a Greyhound bus on the 210 freeway. Ouch. Well, yeah, it was, that was pretty spectacular. Yeah. And um, I think that having you know, other people kind of point out you know, little safety observations that they've had, it's just really increased my, sa- my situational awareness, both for myself, fellow drivers, and also pedestrians, mm-hmm. that I've avoided a couple of one-in-a-million-shot type accidents that otherwise could have been rather catastrophic. And, mm-hmm. and for that, I'm grateful. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my, my goodness. That's crazy. Well, how about a personal habit? Could you share a personal habit that you believe has helped contribute to your success? Yeah. Um, again, looking through the lens of a, of a, of a startup, you know, and if I would say that something that kind of came with wisdom is that and experience is that success is often, if not always, bigger than just one person, mm-hmm. and that you're going to require their participation and enlist the support of others, people with skill sets that are very different to your own. Right. And if you can learn to w- work with people in very different walks of life, you'll be a good entrepreneur and a good leader. 
And you have to be able to identify with other people who are different than you. And they may be an engineer or a financier or a marketer. And you have to be able to, you know, both be interested in what they do, but make the investment of time to understand what they do. Yeah. And the rest will fall into place. Very well said. We are the culmination of the people we surround ourselves with for sure. Now, how about a resource? There are a lot of great resources out there. Obviously, your company's becoming a great, great resource for people that are into automotive, into cars and want to protect their vehicles and their families. But is there one resource you could share with us that you really enjoy? Yeah, there are actually two, if I could. Um, you know, and if you're, this is a very interesting time in automotive and transports going through, you know, a, a very interesting transition. And there are two people who are very forward looking on this. And the, the first is a, uh, a, gentleman who has a blog on LinkedIn. His name is Roger Langtot. He works for Strategy Analytics. Mm-hmm. And he publishes on Pulse about just emerging trends in automotive. Cool. So the second resource I re- would recommend is RileyBrennan.com. He is the director of Rev's Automotive Research Program at Stanford. Mm-hmm. He provides a weekly update letter about all leading edge, whether it be uh, business trends or technical trends, technology trends, uh, a great weekly update letter that you can get in your email. And really, between the two of those, and you're trying to understand what is happening in automotive, you know, great places to start. Yeah, two great references. I'd love to have both those gentlemen as guests here on Cars. Yeah, I'll have to reach out to them. Perfect. I love it. Now, how about a book? I kind of assume you probably read a lot of books, but is there one in particular that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? So I'm going to recommend to your audience, if they have not read it, Jerry Weintraub's When I Stop Talking, You'll Know That I'm Dead. It is it is a great read. It may not necessarily be something uh, that focuses on, on automotive, mm-hmm. but whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, you will identify somehow with that book. Yes. In terms of the people that he worked for, you will find it fascinating and inspiring. Great recommendation. I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these wonderful resources Peter's been so kind to share at his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Peter York. Peter's last name is spelled Y-O-R-K-E, has an E on the end of his name, just like my green does. And there's another great place on the Cars Yad website called Guest Recommended Books, where Peter's book and all the past 513 guests before Peter has arrived here will be listed with quick easy links to buy. All right, Peter, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price, because today I'll buy you any car on the planet, what would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? I would ask that that car come with a full-time mechanic. (laughs) Okay. uh, Because I'm going to wish for a Jaguar XKE convertible. Ooh, XKE. You know, it's a classic it's, you know, I'd, I'd want it in black. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, when it runs, it's great. It's extremely temperamental. Yes. So it reminds me of many of the women in my life. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure that, you know, that there will be that type of bonding experience. Uh, and that, that has just always been a, a car that is, a, is just every time one goes by on the street, I just have to stop and look at it in amazement. It's like, again, it's iconic. Yes. Well, I would assume then if you pick that car, you want a series one. So the first, version of that car that's the one that everybody seems to want those first original xkes oh man what a beautiful car the xk is what started it for me my first toy car my dad ever bought me was a matchbox by lesney 
Our listeners uh, have heard that many times. It's red. It's sitting right here on my desk. I look at it every day, and yeah, that's on my bucket list as well. Gorgeous cars. I love it. Well, that won't be too hard, but the mechanic's going to probably be a little pricey, but uh, that's okay. I'm happy to do that for you. Peter, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories and, and learning more about this uh, unique new business uh, that you you and your team have launched, uh, Voyo Motive. I think it's fantastic. And congratulations again on uh, shipping your first thousand units. Fantastic. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Car Show listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Jaguar XKE? Yes, I'd be happy to. So um, I would say to your listeners that the future of cars is going to be very exciting and we're going to go through a transitional period somewhat similar to the way that we saw desktop computing and smartphones mm-hmm. in terms of you know how cars become more of a digital experience yes. and connected as opposed to you know what we saw in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and 70s. And you know, the, the, the upside is cars will be safer. They'll be more convenient. Commuting will be much more hassle-free. At the same time, I tell people to enjoy this time while it lasts mm. because we're going to basically, I think, lose a little bit of of what we've had in terms of you know our experience with driving cars. And we're going to be perhaps one of the last few remaining generations who drive their cars the way they want, modify the cars the way they see best fit, and do things with their cars just because they want to. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a different experience. And when that, this time has passed, you know, we're going to realize, people will look back and say this was kind of a golden age in terms of the driving experience and the independence and the expression of individual identities and something that was unique to the American character that will be irreverently changed. Oh, man, I got a tear in my eye, Peter. Why'd you have to say that? <laughs> I understand, though. You know, yeah, it is. We are going through a very, very transitional time, but very well said. I like that. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? I would say they should go to uh, the voyomotive.com website. Uh, they can learn more about our, our technology, and you're happy to reach out to us. There's a contact email on there, and you can Contact me or anyone else at the company. It will find its way to the right person directly from there. And there you go. Well, again, listeners, you'll find links to Voyomotive and Peter on his very own show notes, show notes page at carsyad.com slash Peter York. Peter, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.